Good day. Welcome back to Crafting Short Stories, episode 15. This episode is a short dystopian story published by XR Global Creative in December 2021. It is about a dying world and its unexpected outcome. The work is titled The Golden Child. The sun was dying. The scientists predicted there would be 15 more years of light. According to the astrophysics calculations, it would be 15 more years if we were lucky. Then there would be nothing, just darkness. It would be a black hole. The galaxy and everything in it would be swallowed within seconds into an ominous black void never to return. As a result of the dying light, our world was ceasing to thrive, but it had problems long, long before that. In the 21st century, the planet was ravaged by extreme climate change. First, it was the searing hot temperatures that people noted, but went about their daily business anyways. Then there were the melting ice caps, the rising oceans that threatened the world's best and brightest capitals near the shores, and the strange and deadly wildfires that swept across whole nations. These began the rumblings of discontent among the world's populace, and calls to action were prompted, but debated and delayed. The world's animal populations, too, both large and small, faced the climate disasters, and some neared the brink of extinction. The climate veered wildly between flooding and drought from one region to the next. There were more violent tornadoes, too, that tore across the Great Plains. Meanwhile, underneath the land, the ancient aquifers that irrigated the food supplies were being drained. Within 30 to 40 years, the people of Earth began to do mass climate migration. Many here in what was once known as the United States of America moved from the Great Plains to the Upper Lakes region to to be near vital, fresh water. As climate change worsened, the sunlight lessened. The world was a vision of gray. The sky and clouds no longer bore their blue and white brilliance. In time, the trees grew more unhealthy and smaller until finally they were nearly all gone. The only plants that grew in this dystopia were created and maintained artificially, They were precious and few. They were devoted to the harvest to feed dwindling humanity. No parks existed, no gardens, nothing but concrete and clustered apartment buildings in this portion of old Chicago. The year was 3049. The United States had long since divided into tribal regions. Chicago resided in the Upper Lakes Quadrant and was the capital of this area. Chicago was one of the oldest and most productive capitals that remained. Much of the American West Coast had fallen into the Pacific Ocean after the Great Rumblings and massive supervolcanic eruption of Yellowstone. Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, and much more of the Midwest were obliterated instantly. What was not destroyed by the massive lava flows was devastated by the ash fallout. Chicago sat on the new edge of humanity, and it was the farthest city to the West. This Upper Lakes sector was run by a council rather than a Congress and House of Representatives. The government was strict and adhered to rules with imprisonment enforcement. Certain activities were not permitted following the great climate devastations and eruptions. One of these activities was the practice of any type of meditation. Chen Li knew this. He also knew the consequences of his actions in apartment 502 of the fifth floor of 1417 in East Centennial Drive in Southside Chicago. Chen Li lived in what was popularly referred to as the slums. All the housing was low income and each apartment was heavily populated. Chen Li often looked out from his balcony at the despairingly bleak gray of the sky, the polluted smog, the gray apartment buildings as far as the eye could see, and the other tenants as they engaged in their daily activities of work and play. Everything was gray. The clothes were gray, the rooms, the apartments were gray. It was an entire landscape of gray. 
Chen Lee worked as a book collector and bookshop owner in the basement of a downtown Chicago building. It was an older rummage shop full of musty, worn books and other items that time had long since forgotten. In the digital present, these artifacts of the past were considered undesirable and unnecessary, so Chen Lee generally had very few customers. Folks occasionally came into the shop out of curiosity and left quickly. Others who shared Chen Li's fascination with literature would, from time to time, stop in for a particular find. But otherwise, Chen Li was left alone. He actually preferred this. It gave him time to delve into the books with great enthusiasm. He had acquired a particular book through the underground market several years ago. He read it in secret at the shop before and after work to avoid getting caught. Then one day, he hid it in a leather briefcase and took it home. It lay at the very back of the bookcase behind four other books of on architecture. These were big and bulky books that were quite tedious reads, but the hidden book, that was the real treasure. He had memorized parts of the book completely and begun to put it into practice. The door was locked. Chen Li could hear occupants of the building running up and down the stairwell from time to time, but he focused on clearing his mind, emptying out his thoughts, and his being until there was nothing left but the rhythm, the sound of the vibration emanating from his soul and he went deeper and deeper in within into the sound until his third eye slowly opened. He began to travel in his mind through doorways and walls, through apartments and windows, searching and searching as he had done often lately. He had stumbled upon this ability recently and was still mastering the art of this meditative state. He wanted to expand his vibration out to others, those who would be receptive to the call. He had been surprised to learn that the most receptive were young children aged two to six, so that day, Chin Lee used his third eye to find the children that were alone in their gray dull rooms, playing with their gray dull toys and dressed in their gray dull clothes. Chin Lee first found a little four-year-old girl who was sitting on her bed and reading. She had a very light blue aura surrounding her. Chin Lee raised his vibration to permeate the walls of the little room until the girl stopped reading. She sat very still at first. She could hear the ringing first in her right ear. This had happened to her before. She sat very, very still then, because she knew if she listened harder and sat very still, the ringing would increase and take over her body. She did not understand it, but she knew that it made her very happy. It felt like home. She would sit still and let the vibration increase until her aura turned from light blue to blue to purple to pink and to rainbow, and the little girl felt the vibration for a good three minutes, holding it inside in a state of bliss until it slowly faded away and then was gone. Whatever it was, it made her feel better, and she continued to do it, reading reluctantly, wishing the sound would come back. But she was happier, and that was all that mattered. Chin Lee searched for more children. He liked to do this for them, to give them a moment of happiness in an otherwise bleak existence. Throughout that evening, he searched the neighborhood, raising the vibrations of sixteen little children until they each glowed with a rainbow aura. Chin Lee had been doing this in secret, in fact, every Saturday evening for several months. It was not until he encountered the little boy in apartment 133 of building 1419 that evening that Chen Li questioned whether it was right or wrong. He felt, however, in his gut that it was a noble thing to reach out to the little ones to give them happiness and that someday this would prove its merit and he had no idea how important this would turn out to be. This little child had no family except his mother from what Chen Li could gather. His bedroom was even more depressing than the others, with barely any possessions at all. The boy with curly brown locks sat coloring at a little table. His aura was different from the others. Chen Li noticed that it was even darker, almost getting on to black. Chen Li watched the despondent boy for a good five minutes before reaching out with his vibrations, and it took 30 minutes for Chen Li to break the barrier of the dark aura. 
The boy finally heard the distant sound. He lifted his head and stopped coloring, and the vibrating sound entered his ear. He held the sound in his mind. The vibration filled his whole body. He felt a strong, tingling sensation extending from head to toe and traveling up his spine, and the dark aura slowly changed to light blue and purple and pink, and that is when the boy started reacting differently. He closed his eyes in bliss and began to hum to the sound within him, and all around him that enveloped him with happiness. His humming grew louder and louder, and Chen watched in surprise as his aura field expanded further and further out from the room, from the apartment, and from the building itself. And the pink aura changed to rainbow, and then as the humming vibration increased dramatically, the color changed once more, a final time, to gold. From that point, the aura field exploded into the sky. Chen Li's third eye closed tightly. He was thrown off balance and backwards, and in shock, he stood up and hurried to the balcony. All the power in the city was out. There was only darkness, and the surprised and somewhat terrified voices of the other tenants. Chen Li tried to look towards building 1419, but could not see much in the darkness. He wanted to get a flashlight, but was in darkness himself. He stumbled around the apartment until he found an old candle and managed to light it. He went back to the balcony with the light, but could see very little. He was worried that he would be found out. The penalty of meditation studies was imprisonment. He stepped back cautiously into the apartment and decided it would be best to wait until the morning. The next morning at sunrise, Chin Lee woke to the biggest surprise of his life. He stumbled out of his bedroom and into the side kitchen for some coffee and was startled to see a flash of green from the window. He paused to go back to the window and re-examined more closely what he saw. Outside the window was a small haven of green. Chin Lee rushed to the balcony and looked down below into the street. Many other tenants were out looking in shock at what Chin Lee was seeing. Trees. There were trees everywhere in the little neighborhood for at least three blocks. Trees and grass and more plants dotted the gray landscape. He opened the door to the stairwell and ran as fast as he could down to the apartment building entrance. Near the entrance, he stood in awe under the shade of one very large tree that had busted through the concrete. From a distance, in another part of Southside Chicago, Chen Li could hear the sound of sirens blaring. They were coming. Chen Li looked to building 1419 and then began running towards it. All around him, the other neighbors were outside, looking at the sudden growth of nature. He bumped into one person by accident on his way to building 1419. He apologized as he kept running. The little boy with the strange aura was standing on the steps to building 1419. He was holding the hand of his mother, who could not believe what was happening. Chen Li had been rushing forward, but when he saw the both of them, he stopped suddenly. He did not know what to say or what to do. The sirens were getting closer, but he had to do something. He couldn't run, and neither could the boy. Chen Li sat down on the new grass and broken concrete. He tried to calm himself again to clear his mind and empty himself. He took up the sound again, the low vibration and gradually his third eye opened. The little boy came to stand in front of him. He was smiling and began slightly humming too. He sat down across from Chen Li, and the two reached out hands to each other. Their palms touched in the air, the little ones resting slightly in the big hands, and the vibration began to take them both over. The little boy's eyes were closed, but he was smiling and humming, and the vibration was all around them, and both their auras expanded while changing colors. Meanwhile, from nearby, the other sixteen children were gathering from various homes throughout the neighborhood. They gathered around the two bodies in a circle, and raised their vibrations too. A bright rainbow aura expanded out from all of them. 
The adults looked at them all with amazement, but not truly understanding what was going on. They could not see the auras. The humming from the little boy was getting stronger again. His whole body glowed, and suddenly both Chin Lee and the little boy lifted into the air, levitating just above the ground together. Chin Lee opened his eyes in surprise, and the little boy smiled mischievously back at him. Then the little boy laughed slightly as if completely happy. He then hummed much louder, and the vibration once again exploded out of the beautiful golden aura. There was again a massive explosion of light, and a giant phoenix of light and gold rose out of the little boy and twirled three times up into the air above them. And then it shot right into the sky, through the atmosphere, and hurtled directly towards the sun. And when it connected with the sun, there was a big bang of light. The sun burst into an enormous energy again. It was no longer dying. On Earth, suddenly the gray was fading away as brilliant hues of blue and purple and yellow and orange burst into the sky. All across the Earth, green was expanding out from across the continent. Chin Lee looked in wonder at the little boy and just smiled back at him. Chin Lee smiled too. Everyone was looking at them with amazement. Again, they heard the sirens in the surrounding center. City. We must go, said the boy. We can't stay here anymore. He stood up now and gave his little hand to Chin Lee, who likewise stood up. Chin Lee took the little boy's hand in his own. The little boy led him to his mother. They exchanged smiles. Then the three walked hand in hand, the little boy in the middle between the woman and the man. They walked down the street amid the broken concrete and the new trees and disappeared into the beautiful and colorful distance beyond. This concludes episode 15, an episode relevant to today's world of climate change and concerns. And I hope it helps you to reflect on our future together on planet Earth. There's so much we can do together to make a small difference from recycling to composting to volunteering at your local community garden. Helping things to grow, nurturing and cultivating, being a good steward of our little planet Earth in this giant solar system.